This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora, good evening. Kiwi motorists have been rushing to fill up their tanks today over fears of an imminent price rise. Drone attacks on two major oil facilities in Saudi Arabia have taken out more than 5% of the world's daily supply. The US has blamed Iran, with Donald Trump tweeting the US is locked and loaded. Iran has denied involvement but says it's ready for a fully-fledged war. That was how News Hub at 6 began its bulletin last Monday night. And as scary as war breaking out in the Middle East might be, it was the thought of higher petrol prices that News Hub decided was the real story. Kiwis rushing to the pump today, trying to beat a potential price increase. It's expensive as it is, man. I can't afford it. Yeah, it's hideous. It's really, really unaffordable. It was an almost identical scenario across on TVNZ. Tonight on One News, the price of oil jumps after drone attacks on Saudi Arabia. As a global oil shortage looms, what does it mean for Kiwis at the petrol pump? And there was the obligatory fearful motorist interviewed from the front lines. Fears the price of petrol may rise fast has got some Kiwis rushing to fill up. Like I've watched the news a lot and then I was reading about it the other day and I was like, I better fill it up now. TVNZ's coverage did include this 11-second clip from security analyst Paul Buchanan on what it could mean for those a little closer to the real action. If the Saudis want to strike Iran over this, or if the Americans want to strike Iran, um, that's a whole different kettle of fish that'll make Iraq look like kindergarten. But then it was back to the only angle that really interested the journalists the price of oil. This is being described as the biggest single shock to oil fields, even bigger than Saddam Hussein's attack on them during the first Gulf War. Already we've seen, I think, an impact on oil prices. I believe we'll continue to see that flow flow through to the fuel market. As politicians reacted, so did markets. The price of Brent crude oil rose 20% when markets opened, but dropped slightly throughout the day. Earlier that day, the New Zealand Herald website ran a story under the headline. Petrol prices could skyrocket to $3 a litre after Saudi Arabia attacks. The story began. New Zealand petrol prices could reach a nightmare $3 a litre following attacks on Saudi Arabia's oil facilities, an economist says. The economist being quoted was Cameron Bagri, who had been interviewed earlier that morning on News Hub's AM show. International oil prices at the moment are around 60 bucks a barrel. Yeah, so if you look at the imported... Con- of the petrol price, it's around 75 cents. So let's keep the math sort of simple. Let's say that oil prices go from 60 to $120 a barrel. They, they basically double. Yeah, that imported component will go from 75 cents to $1.50. And you put tax on top of that, it's close to three bucks. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, $3 that's, a the, litre. that's the horror scenario. But once in, that, that's, a, that's a scenario. We need to be careful here about chicken little mm. sort of stuff because, yes, we're taking an awful lot of global production out of the supply chain, but there's some pretty ample global stocks around the globe. So if you look at America, for example... America's got 1.3 billion worth of reserves. Cameron Bagri's advice that journalists should be careful not to claim the sky was falling in was ignored in favour of dramatic headlines on both the News Hub and New Zealand Herald sites, highlighting Bagri's use of the phrase horror scenario. Meanwhile, the real horror scenario, a war that could potentially kill hundreds of thousands, was barely touched on. Gordon Campbell, in his werewolf column on the Scoop website, was a rare exception. It speaks volumes about our priorities that the world now seems more aghast at the disruption and rising price of their petrol supplies than it has been by the indiscriminate bombing of schools, hospitals and civilian centres by Saudi and Emirates forces over the past four years. 
In addition, the air attacks carried out by the Saudis on Yemen's water treatment plants have triggered a cholera epidemic that's cost nearly 10,000 lives, even as a port blockade has prevented medical supplies from reaching the areas affected. And the ghastly human price of the ongoing conflict wasn't the only angle being all but ignored by the media. About this time last year, stuffed journalist Charlie Mitchell wrote an opinion piece under the headline New Zealand's busy bickering about petrol prices while the world burns. Mitchell was making the point that on the same day the International Panel on Climate Change released a report on the urgency of reducing carbon emissions, the Prime Minister was attempting to talk down the price of petrol. Within an hour of the report's release, the Prime Minister was talking about fossil fuels at her post-Cabinet press conference. Jacinda Ardern wasn't talking about how to stop using them, which the IPCC report made abundantly clear needed to happen rapidly, but how to burn them more cheaply. This year's media frenzy over a possible increase in the price of oil coincides with covering climate change now. A week of climate change coverage that more than 250 news organisations around the world have signed up to, including TVNZ News Hub Stuff, the New Zealand Herald, RNZ, the Otago Daily Times, the spin-off and Newsroom. But none of those outlets have shown much interest in the climate implications of a major price hike in the cost of oil, or for that matter the impacts of an all-out war in the Middle East. It seems likely a massive price hike would see a drop in emissions as motorists cut back on their driving. And those emissions are highly significant, as Nelson architect Peter Olin Renshaw pointed out in an op-ed on the Stuff website this week. He said that emissions from road transport in New Zealand had grown by 93% since 1990. Surprisingly, the lion's share of this jump was not from heavy transport, but from cars and light trucks. Somehow, to ensure a safe climate, we need to reduce all emissions to net zero by 2050. Cutting carbon from road transport will be crucial. Olin Renshaw said part of the answer was more people using public transport, more people walking and cycling, and more car sharing. All of which seem likely to save individuals more than any increase in costs we're likely to see as a result of the ramping up of tensions in the Middle East. The Intercept, one of the 250 news organisations taking part in covering climate now, tackled the question of the carbon implications of war in an article titled War on the World. Industrialised militaries are a bigger part of the climate emergency than you know. The possible fallout from the drone attack on the Saudi oil wells is truly horrifying, but not because motorists could find themselves spending a few extra dollars at the pump.